0: Welcome everybody to its Doomsday podcast. Today is Sunday, April tenth. Time is eighteen oh nine. And joining me tonight is Al, also known as Big Daddy Prep. What's up, bud?
1: Hey, not a thing, man. Just uh, trying not to like, get the blown away here in Arkansas with these high winds. I'm tying my hind end down, but other than that, I'm I'm good to go. We've had high winds all week, so. That's you about know it. And from...
0: From what I heard, there's a lot of crazy weather patterns going on across the country right now with people I've been interacting with. Uh, So I don't think it's just Arkansas. I have high winds where I was at for about the last week. I've been having, like, ridiculous winds.
1: Oh, it 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 has Girl. gone from from. We've had all four um, seasons this week. We've had summer, winter, fall, spring. We've had it all. The, the, nobody knows whether to put a garden in or what to do. But the wind has been brutal for like five days now. I mean, just brutal. But oh, yep, I completely like understand. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so uh, when we ended uh, last episode, Apartment Survival Part 1, we said when we were going to come back, we were going to get into the handicap side of this, maybe the disability side of this. Um, And since we are on Apartment Survival Part 2, we did have a uh, TikToker that was kind enough to drop us a line on TikTok and uh, wanted to know about a couple of things. And this comes from Miss Monique AZ. Miss Monique AZ says, uh, In part 2 of Survival, Can you all talk about safety without a gun or means of bugging out due to disability? And yes, we could absolutely talk about that stuff. Uh, The first thing I'd like to point out, well, there's two things I'd like to point out. First one is, if you are handicapped, you're going to be better off on the first floor of whatever building you're in. People who are on the second floor and above are typically utilizing elevators to access their apartments. And we all know in a fire, an elevator is a no-no. Yes. Right? Right. Absolutely. Um, if you're in a position to where you have to have or you have to help somebody leave their apartment due to a fire or a catastrophe and you cannot access those elevators due to power outage, due to fire, due to some other unforeseen circumstance, it's going to be very difficult to get these individuals uh, to safety. I will say this much, though, it's a lot easier to get somebody down a flight of stairs than it is to get somebody up a flight of stairs. No, so if yes. if you're dealing with somebody in a subterranean apartment, it's going to be a little bit more difficult getting them up from the subterranean apartment versus then getting them from the top floor down, say. Yes. Um, there is nothing I could really suggest that'll help you in this aspect without causing injury to somebody. Um, I'm not just going to tell you to kick somebody down a flight of stairs. That's no good. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's I, a bad choice.
0: I, yeah. I, I would say this. Um, if you have the option to not go it alone, don't go it alone. Okay. Even paramedics know if they need to meet, move somebody, it requires more than one person to do the job. So that would be my first thought on that is don't go it alone. Try to get somebody to assist you getting that person out of there. Um, because if you're trying to move that person and you incur injury, then you're both stuck. Right. right? So there, I there agree. is that. And then, uh, one more thing on that. You don't want somebody filing a lawsuit against you because you decided to toss their ass down a flight of stairs, even though right. you save them, you don't want that lawsuit.
1: Right. Right. And, you know, being on the ground level for anyone is a good idea for not having to come up and down in a bad situation now granted we all like to take the high ground so we can have a better vantage point but those that have disabilities whether it be a disability with hearing or or for sight or physical disabilities or things like that they're much better on a ground level type situation not subterranean i mean getting down below it's, it's just as hard to get up as it is to get down from the area that's that's absolutely true. But if you can stay on the ground level where you don't have to make those kind of moves, that's a great thing. It doesn't always work out that way. I mean, in in a lot of apartment dwellers, you'll go up to the fifteenth floor of a building and you'll have two disabled people. and I'm like, why? Why are the disabled people up here for? They shouldn't be up here. They should be better suited for their situation. But I agree with you totally, Jester, but those people with those kind of needs, have to prepare ahead of time for them. You can't wait till the last second to do it. If you know you're in that type of situation and you are on the third floor and you know rougher times are coming, if you can possibly transition yourself to a better living area now, it can help you down the road. So in other words, don't wait until something bad happens. If you see that you're on the third story right now and you have a disability or someone has a disability, maybe helping them to get to a better area in the long run is the thing to do right now. Just food for thought, but ahead of time preparation, you know?
0: Right. And you know, another ahead of time preparation, because uh, let's be honest, there's a lot of different kind of disabilities out there. So, we're not talking necessarily about someone that can't walk. We're not necessarily talking about somebody that's blind or deaf or, or maybe has something else going on. There's a lot of different factors to consider here. All right. All right. Going around and maybe getting to know a couple of your neighbors uh, in the event that you could assist. Let's say it's not doomsday. Let's say it's just a fire and you want to help get people out of there. You know, if you have somebody that's deaf, they might not hear that fire alarm go off. Um, If they're blind, they might be extremely disoriented uh, with the um, smoke detectors going off and, you know, other sirens that may be going off that are uh, kind of invading their senses and messing with their sensory. And then you have people and we've all seen I think we've all seen those flashing lights uh, when fire alarms go off, those white strobes. We've all seen those.
1: Yes. I don't know
0: how those would affect people that would be epileptic or not, but maybe that's a conversation you could have with your neighbors i you know.
1: agree you know the bad thing is just a lot of, we get the misconception in the prepper world that we're all prepping for uh the apocalypse uh you know a nuclear fallout we're prepping for anything that makes your day unlivable like a flood or a fire or whatever and seeing people that are already in a bad situation with a disability and their living area if it's bad part of a prepper's life is finding things that need to be changed and making it better, not only for themselves, but for others, because you'll find that preppers for the most part are the, are the people that they care less about themselves than they do for a lot of other people. Okay. Preppers don't just prep for me. They usually prep for a lot of people. So if you as a good prepper see a situation that you could easily resolve with someone that has a handicap, whether it be, um, you know, whether there's extra wheelchair, We'll just say that if a bad situation happened, even though someone might not be in a wheelchair a lot of the time, but maybe they don't walk well, maybe you can get that wheelchair and get people quickly out of a situation. And and instead of, I've seen people ushered out of fires and people just falling down because they can't get out quick enough. Maybe you'll have an extra wheelchair or have a way to move people quicker. Maybe they don't have to be in a wheelchair all the time, but you could get them out quicker. That's one thing. But another thing is, Like you said earlier, knowing your neighbors, knowing the area, know what special needs are people. If a fire or a flood or whatever happens, I just happened to be watching a show yesterday. It was about a flood. And knowing the special needs of those people, they knew where people were at that probably couldn't get out. They couldn't contact anybody. So as good preppers, it's part of our job to help the rest of the world. I I, I feel like that's part of our mission. As a prepping community is not just to help ourselves, it's to help others. So you're right on target with it. I don't mean to talk too much here about this, but I feel like as preppers, it's it's our job to do that. It's our kind of our creator, kind of our motto is to is to help the world other than just ourselves, to be more prepared for any situation.
0: Hey, Preppers, do you want ten percent off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Oh, absolutely. I I agree 110%. And I got it since you brought, you made a light bulb go off. Last week, I said if there's a fire, don't worry about grabbing anything, okay? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people or everybody, but there are people out there who are disabled that do have certain things they need. Say that they are diabetic and they need their insulin, or they are on certain medications they have to take consistently. If you're trying to get someone out, at least ask, hey, do do you need it? Like, Do you have anything we need medication-wise before we get you out of here? Like that would be the, that would be maybe the only thing, because if someone comes out of that situation and they don't have their meds, depending on how bad their circumstances are, you might've been better off leaving them there, you know? I agree. Um, And I say that, I don't say that literally, obviously for everybody out there, but what I mean is you don't want to drag somebody out there and have them sitting on the sidelines while the apartment's burning down just to watch them go into a diabetic coma
1: because they don't have Mm -hmm. their insulin. You know yeah. what i mean what about the person on oxygen maybe a person we have a lot of people around here that they they're on oxygen basically 24 hours a day you don't know maybe they didn't have their oxygen on or maybe they were trying to get out quickly and you don't know they're on oxygen and then you get them outside because it's a stressful strenuous situation you get them outside and now they can't breathe very well. well i take oxygen well, you just separated them from the thing. Now, even though EMS might be there soon, the fire department might be there soon. They're going to have lots of other things to worry about. So just say, "Hey, is there anything that you need? Anything that you absolutely have to have?" They're going to tell you. They're going to volunteer to. Yes, I my insulin. I got to have my insulin. Or, or yes, yes, my oxygen. I, I I take oxygen. Listen for those signs from those people because. They know better themselves what they have to have to survive. Now, if they say I got to have this, hold on. There's there's a there's a limit liability to this. You know, what I mean, I got to get you out of here. But if you listen to them, ask that one question, give it five seconds, and see what they say. Is there anything that you need absolutely to survive? Are you are you okay? They're gonna tell you. Jester. I just I've been in so many situations and bad situations, whether it be with inmates or people in the free world, when something bad happens, they'll tell you what they need because it's of utmost importance to them. So be a listener. I know it's hard to be a listener when things are going bad, but be a listener because you'll pick up on key things. So but knowing ahead of time the people you're dealing oh. with around you is key.
0: Oh, absolutely. And something else I gotta comment on that is I know that um I'm not saying go out to your apartment complex and go to the, you know, the management office and say, Hey, I'm a prepper. This is what I want to do to help. But definitely, you know, maybe go to the manager. If you have a security agency that's contracted at, at, you know, at your apartment complex, where you stay, go find out what their procedures are for notifying residents uh, for, um, you know, potentially helping get people out. If something does go wrong, find out what these procedures are. A lot of, security agency post orders have procedures like that in there that should be available to you to read okay and if you see that there's something in there that's wrong you know address it like little things could make a big difference for example if they say yeah our plan is to exit out the uh the west end door of the building in the event something goes wrong that's the door we want everybody to exit out of and you and you say to yourself well that door's been blocked for six months nobody right. knows this go address it so little things like that can make a big difference and and guys just use your own judgment for things i mean if you're listening to the show you're you're a smart person to begin with okay and you already have that survival gene kind of in you so the idea that you could make a difference it's it's possible go out there talk to your talk to your residents talk to these different people and see if you can't help improve on something i'm not and again i'm not saying go out there and be a karen and go be a nut But definitely, you know, put forth a little bit of effort. Uh, So the the one thing we didn't get to cover last week, uh, I wanted to talk about, um, before we get into this protecting yourself without firearms, I wanted to get into being in an apartment in a a biological attack or a radiation kind of situation, Um, what you may need for that thing specifically. The idea you can't get out, you're stuck there. Yep. And it's, it, it, it's very simple guys, plastic sheeting or garbage bags and duct tape, seal your windows, seal your doors. If there's a threat that the air is contaminated, seal it up. All right.
1: I agree.
0: I'm not saying stay there indefinitely, but definitely sealing it up and not getting that first initial oxygen or air that's coming in that could be contaminated would be key. And again, stocking up the garbage bags, it's cheap and easy. Stocking up the duct tape, it's cheap and easy. These are very cheap and easy. In an apartment, uh, you also have to... I know most apartments have their own air units that don't circulate through the rest of the buildings. Okay? Uh, So, you shouldn't have too much to worry about your heating and cooling within your apartment if they are still operational. You're not sharing that with your neighbors. Okay? That's circulating within your dwelling. All right. So a lot of the times people will tell you, you know, seal up the AC vents, seal these up, seal that up. I don't think it's necessary for an apartment. I don't think it's 100% necessary. If it makes you feel better, you can. But again, I don't think it's necessary. Um, another thing you can do if you're out of these things is, uh, wet towels underneath the doors in, in areas where, uh, air might be coming through windows, things like that. A wet towel is a really good defense against contaminants, uh, against contaminants that are airborne from coming in. Great. So just another, mm-hmm. you know, another thing to to notify you guys on. Uh you got anything you want to add to that part of it Al, or do you want to move well, on to the protection side of things?
1: Just one thing. You gotta know what you're you gotta kinda understand what you're biting off here. You know what I'm saying? how big a room are you talking about if you can choose a smaller area that you know that you can definitely get it sealed off easily it's got less windows it's got less doors to have to seal off it's a maybe an inner room choose that um over the area that's got more exposure to the outside that would be my biggest thing i would say you know less doors less windows less exposure to the outside better for you not only to be able to seal it off, but also to give you like a little barrier in between whatever that attack might be. But that may not be key for everyone's situation. But if the least amount of actual air exchange that you have between you and the outside world is the best thing to do. But I, I'm not real overly blessed with the information on that, that type of situation seriously. So I just say the smaller, the better, the less air air that to pass, between you and the outside world, the better off it is. But I'll leave it at that.
0: Gotcha. And then one more thing I want to add to this, to this handicap thing before we move on. It's like the more we get into this, the more light bulbs start going off. Um, If, if these people that you're talking about within these apartments, if they have caretakers that come and monitor them and check on them daily, if there is a disaster scenario, there's a good chance that the caretakers are going to be home with their families and they're not coming into work. So even if it's a situation that's not necessarily, you know, a, an emergency, or maybe it's just a natural disaster where people aren't showing up, do stop in and check on these people because somebody might not be there for them that day. Right. You know, a simple knock on the door. You know, are you okay? Did you eat today? Do you, do you need anything? Can I help you out? Um, little kindness goes a long way, guys. So definitely sure. think about that. Sure does. All right. Now to get into a very hard topic. Um, cause I feel that everybody that can legally own and obtain a firearm should, how does one yes. protect themselves in an apartment without having a firearm? And, uh, first I gotta say defenses are your best offense, right? right. Uh, if you have any sort of extra kind of heavy duty door locks within your apartment, if you have a way to secure windows, things like that, that's going to be your best friend, best friend, preventing somebody, uh, from entering, is going to do wonders as far as uh, not having to use a firearm to begin with. Okay, Great. they sell a ton of different kind of uh, add-on locks and different accessories online. I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you what they all are off the top of my head, but they sell things for sliders. They sell things that go in between the deadbolt and like asphyxiate to the door uh, to provide a little bit of extra protection from being kicked in. They have stuff that slides under the doors that don't allow them to be open. There's all kinds of little extra locking mechanisms. You could purchase. These are great in the event you don't want somebody to come in, but if it's an event where uh, somebody needs to get in to help, you say EMS, fire, fire rescue service, something like that, it's going to make it harder for them to get in as well. So just bear that in mind.
1: Also, you don't want to put yourself in such a situation where you have protected yourself so well that if something happens, we'll say a bad situation happens and a fire breaks out that you can't get out. Okay. That's another situation right there when you, you you board yourself in so well and you protect yourself so well that when an emergency happens, now you can't get out. So don't go to screwing everything down and hammering nails in and to secure everything. Leave yourself an avenue for egress a way that you can get out in a, in a bad situation you know i've seen people before that fortify their homes or fortify their apartments whatever it might be and then a fire come and they can't get out it's happened before people with those metal uh, window window bars and things like that and then they actually burned up in the house because they couldn't get out so you have that in mind to have a way to be able to get your own self out if something happens like a fire or anything like that you know what i'm saying i, I i'm not putting in the right terms i guess but don't lock yourself in so well that you can't get out if something happens.
0: Here, Here's a good example of that, Al. Did you ever, like, take something valuable or, or something you wanted to hide from the kids and, and you put it somewhere so good that you can't find it?
1: Yes, every day.
0: Yeah, don't, don't do that to yourself.
1: <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, exactly, exactly what I'm getting to. Exactly. Don't hide it so good that you don't know where it's at.
0: Exactly. Right. Uh, so... <laughs> With that being said, other means of protection, guys, I, I don't really like to recommend melee weapons to people that don't know how to use them. Um, the idea of having an asp or a baton or, you know, a small ball bat, things like this. If you're not trained with that and you're not proficient with it, there's a good chance uh, your attacker can take that off of you and use that against you. All right. So if you think to yourself, well, I have a ball bat for protection. I'm good. I have this. I have I that. Do remember, if somebody's breaking in there, they probably got a rap sheet. They've probably encountered this before, and if they get that off you, they're probably going to beat the hell out of you. Um, My I big agree. recommendation for people that can't obtain firearms, OC spray all day. All day OC spray. Main I reason agree. being, we've all used a squirt bottle at some point. We've all used a, a can of something that squirts, and uh, it's pretty easy to direct it. You know, it's not it's not that difficult to aim on target and and hit somebody with this. Okay. Don't make the mistake of hitting yourself. And do understand too, if you do OC somebody, this is not a permanent subduer. This is gonna buy you a set amount of time to regain control of the situation or possibly escape and evade. But I I do, I do, do, do one hundred percent recommend the OC spray. Um the idea of it, the idea of tasers things like that it's kind of it's kind of up in the air there's a lot of weird and goofy laws out there now uh not everybody most people could have a regular average taser when you start getting into the high end stuff it can get a little bit difficult as far as past records you know felony convictions things like that so you do have to be very careful uh over the counter oc spray you should not have a big issue obtaining at all it's pretty much available everywhere that would be your best defense in my opinion
1: when it comes to chemical agents you've used them like i've used them over the years and there's a certain few things that now that folks need to understand like we said chemical agents are a temporary um it's a temporary thing i always said from 30 seconds to 30 minutes you were in a better situation with chemical agents. Understand that there are blowbacks from these things. The wind affects them. And you can spray yourself. I have sprayed hundreds and hundreds of inmates over the years in correctional facilities with chemical agents that were fighting or doing whatever they were doing. You are going to get sprayed. Somehow, some way, you're going to pick up some of this chemical agent. Okay. So understand if you're asthmatic or things like that you're probably going to have a hard time breathing once you spray this. It's going to burn your eyes too. You're going to have a certain amount of of trouble breathing. There is also the thing that one to 2% of people are not affected by chemical agents. Okay. There's a certain amount of people that chemical agents don't mess with at all. They don't burn their eyes. They don't have the trouble breathing. None of that stuff. I've found this before in inmates. About 2% of people are not affected by them. So be very careful with chemical agents when you get them. Now, when it comes to tasers and things like that, they're, they're a good alternative if you know what you're doing. But don't do like a lot of people do. They want to find out how these tasers feel like, or they want to see what these chemical agents feel like, and they go out and they spray themselves or they tase themselves. We had to do this in law enforcement to get certified. Okay. You had to be tased. You had to go through chemical agents. You're not in law enforcement. Don't do this to yourself. There's no um, there's no little little glory pin that you get for doing this to yourself. Um, you want to save this for someone who's trying to hurt you. So don't go testing these things on yourself or your friends or whatever. Matter of fact, if you have chemical agents or if you have uh A taser, best thing to do is don't let anybody know you have it. Keep that for your personal benefit if something bad happens. I'm going to tell you, I've spent years dealing with those type of things in a prison setting, and there's nothing fun about being tased, and there's nothing fun about being hit with chemical agents. It's not a game, and it's not a toy. It's not to be played with. So when you buy these things, put them back for what they're intended for, to help you get an aggressor off of you. Now, that's just my advice to anyone out there that might be using these as alternatives to a Second Amendment tool, i.e. a firearm. I believe if you have the opportunity and you have the ability to go out and obtain a firearm, no matter what the firearm is, obtain a firearm for your protection. That's what you should do. But if you don't like that idea or you can't get them because of legal issues or whatever it might be, Understand, these are um, these are Band-Aids for broken arms, chemical agents and tasers are. The, r- the real thing to really help you is really to have a Second Amendment weapon, but if you don't have it, understand the consequences to it too. Understand also, these things can be taken from you very easily by somebody and used on you, and you will suffer the same debilitating um, effects, that you wish to put on whoever is trying to attack you, you can be tased and downed and made an easier target or sprayed with chemical agents and be an easier target. So you kinda have to weigh both things here. I mean it's there's there's no win win situation here. It's just a win or do better. That's that's my advice. From twenty years of being in corrections, I, I've been O C sprayed probably I don't know. So many times I don't even know. I could probably eat that stuff on my on my hamburger and I'd be fine.
0: Yeah, and again, you know, temporary solution uh, just for escape and evade, that would be my recommendation uh, if you cannot obtain a firearm or you simply choose not to. Uh, Another thing, and I know this doesn't really fall too well within the realm of, like, what to do for, you know, if you're handicapped, things like that, but, uh, you know... (sighs) Going out and doing some hand to hand combat training, going out and maybe taking some self defense classes, things like that are also a great alternative. Okay. A lot of these a lot of these people that mean to come in to do you harm are experienced fighters. They're experienced street fighters. They're used to taking an ass whooping. Simply punching them in the face isn't gonna may not do the job. Okay. But if you can get yourself uh, in to get, you know, some good self-defense classes, at least just to get your ass out of harm's way. I agree. All right? and, and the other thing is, guys, there, there is, there's nothing worth dying for out there. If you're trying to get somebody out of your apartment because you're trying to protect your PlayStation, it's not worth it, dude. You could buy another one. Don't risk it. Just, you know, do what you need to do to get the hell out of there. Right. You know, that's, that's a big thing. I know that apartment robberies are common. It's, it's not something that's uncommon. If you live in an apartment, I don't feel like you're any safer than living in a house, you know? So you, you know, there are break-ins, things do go wrong. These are something that we do see. Okay. And just to circle back to the beginning of what we were talking about, you know, the extra protection added to prevent people from coming in is, is your best option. Okay.
1: Right. Jester, the best thing in a situation is, is if someone's attacking you or trying to take what's yours, is to get away from the situation, especially if you're handicapped, or are you? Or, nothing is worth losing your life over. There's no material possession that you have that's worth that much as your life is. So, if you use one of these, like chemical agents, or a, or or a zapper, or whatever, taser, whatever. That's to get the aggressor to leave you alone just long enough to give you that second to get away, whether it be run out the back door, jump out the window, run down the hallway screaming, whatever. Get to someone else that can help you or assist you or make enough disturbance that other people come to you. Don't just think that this is going to save the day. This is just a, a momentary way for you to get away from whoever is the aggressor. You know, people will get this idea in their head that they're just going to spray them and I'm going to whoop them and I'm going to hold them here for the police. Don't do that. Get away. If they intended to do harm to you then, after you spray them or tase them, they're definitely going to want to do harm to you then. So get the hell away.
0: Absolutely. And something else I want to get into with this is early warning systems. I know that living in in an apartment, it's difficult to get security systems installed okay now there are alternatives that you can do all right you can go uh to places like walmart lowe's home depot your average stores and you could buy stick-on windows and door sensors that will alert you if somebody's coming in there are these nasty little things that make this nasty little squeal and they'll let you know if somebody kicked in the door if someone's opening up a window uh you being alerted immediately and not being caught off guard is going to do wonders for you if there is a break-in uh it's better than being caught asleep and groggy and there's a good chance that as soon as that alarm goes off it's going to be a deterrent for somebody and they're going to get the hell out of there anyway right so that is that is one more thing uh just you know to to kind of add to this uh an early alert system will will benefit you now I know that there's other security companies out there uh, that sell the stick-on sensors that don't require any hard installation. I don't know what their rules are for these things within apartment complexes. I have no idea, but I know that there's, nobody's going to bat an eye to you putting a window sensor in there that's stick-on that's not linked back to emergency services, right? Uh, Right. Nobody's going to care, okay? And again, just it's it's one more deterrent uh, if people are trying to gain entry that's going to alert you before things break bad. At that point, you could wake up out of a deep sleep. You could grab that OC spray. You could do what you need to do and then potentially get to a neighbor's house or, like Al said, you know, make enough ruckus to alert somebody that you're in trouble so somebody could help you.
1: Yep. Yeah, 100 percent. And and if you if you don't have the financial means to afford things like this, because we all know things are expensive nowadays, there's all kind of things that you can set up to help yourself. I mean, if it's nothing else but put another locked door between you and the person coming in, it's it's a little longer time till they get to you. If someone breaks in your front door, but your bedroom door is also locked, that's one more one more action they're going to have to do to get to you. And if you know, oh my God, somebody's broken the front door. Oh my God, my bedroom door is locked. Maybe I can get out the window. Thinking of these things ahead of time is what's going to save you in the long run. Every obstacle you can put between you and your aggressor is, is a little bit longer time that you have to actually get away. That's, I, I can't, I'm not a security expert or anything, but I have done a lot of security work in my life. I don't consider myself expert, but I do know that the longer it takes for someone to get to you, the more they either want to not get to you or the longer you have to actually get away and, find a, a way of egress and hopefully what we're telling you now you're thinking in your head okay well this is how my apartment's set up or this is how my house is set up or how my townhouse is set up okay this is the window because people think these things in their head gesture as as we talk about them they go okay that w- that window's there and i know that i can get out that window in the bathroom that's connected to my bedroom and if i lock my bedroom door or i did this or I did that or i put that alert on then i know somebody's coming in the front door they start thinking so what we're saying here is working in somebody's head because they're thinking about how they can get out. That thinking process is what we're trying to give you right here. It's it's food for thought that will help you in the long run to maybe, maybe save somebody. I like to think every once in a while when we say something to somebody, it might have saved their hind end at least once. That's just my feelings on it. But everything Jester's telling you, everything I'm telling you, are just things that you could implement to give you a better way to get away from your aggressor.
0: Absolutely. And one other thing. So I know that there's certain apartments that have windows that don't open. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not suggesting do this on the second floor, third floor. But if you're on the first floor, if you have a subterranean apartment, those windows don't open. It wouldn't hurt for you to have something around to be able to break those windows to get the hell out if you need to. Right. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, maybe like a hammer, maybe something, just something solid. You could toss through that window or bust that window out real quick to get the hell out of there. Okay. Uh, appearance is everything with these kind of situations. Uh, presenting the idea that you live alone makes you vulnerable and definitely makes you a target. If you could somehow, in some sense, give the idea that you're not alone would be, uh, would be to your advantage. And how Al was saying, you know, do this assessment of your apartment. You know, definitely do that. Do that assessment. Okay. How many locked doors do you have? How many windows are there? Are you keeping everything locked up? Um, How far is it to get the help if something goes wrong? And again, you know, do you know your neighbor? Is that somebody you could go to in an emergency? Or is your neighbor a dick and you don't like him and you know he's not going to help you? You know what I mean? These, These are little things. I think that. As we're saying, like as we're getting into like these kind of boring side of topics with this, I think a lot of people are out there listening right now, driving down the road, saying, "Oh man, you know, I I know this stuff. These guys aren't telling me anything new." But hey, preppers, do you want ten percent off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for ten percent off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at ReadyWise.com. D-O-O-M 10 for 10% off at ReadyWise.com. For you guys that are out there saying that, remember, there's probably 10 people that haven't heard information like this before. Right. There's, you know, so even though this may not be exciting for you, it, it could be helping somebody else out there. Not all of us were raised with, you know, the mindset of uh, protecting ourselves. Some people are very sheltered. They don't think about these kind of things. They've never had anything bad happen. They're kind of living in a bubble and now they're listening to us because they see things going wrong in the world and maybe they're a little bit paranoid. Right. You know? Um, so, and that's, that's the thing too, guys, when it comes to a lot of these situations, trying to remain calm may be difficult and that's why it's good to practice some of these things now. Right. Um, and when I say practice things, I'm not talking about busting out your window, taping up your walls and doors, you know, for chemical or biological attacks. What I mean is see how long it takes you to, to you know, get to the nearest exit if if there is a fire, right? Know how many flights of stairs you got to go down. Know what you could comfortably carry if you have to get the hell out. Have your Have your go bag in place in case you need to get the hell out. You know, maybe right. you keep copies of important documents in the go bag, things like that, in case you can't go back in there, right? Right. And these are, these are basic survival strategies anyway um, that, that are kind of universal. When it comes to the apartment side of this, we covered pretty much everything in the first episode. But the handicap thing was something that I was really concerned with because there's so many people out there with so many different issues that are going to be in a really bad spot if something does go wrong. And I'm we right. don't know your neighbors. We can't tell you this stuff. Like, we can't tell you what's wrong with your neighbor and what you may need to do. But like I said, if you find out that your neighbor um, has an oxygen tank or maybe they're in a wheelchair, you know, do your own research, do a little bit of homework to figure out how you could help them in the event something goes wrong. Or at least if you can notify fire EMS when they show up, like, hey, my neighbor's in there, she's, or he or she's handicapped, they're, they're in a wheelchair, they can't get out. Uh, Fire rescue knows exactly what they need to go in there with to get her to get them out of there, you know going to know right so again n- none of none of what we're giving you is bad information i know it's kind of laxed. i know it seems kind of vague but now that we're in this part of the episode it's going to continue to be that way
1: well here's some cheap alternatives jester also because understand that most of the people that they get attacked in apartment type situations are probably attacked by people that they don't actually know okay most most thieves and criminals, they don't take a crap where they eat. They're not going to attack, generally, people in the area they live in because those people know them. They're going to go to areas they don't know. So let's set up some, some cheap or low-dollar ways to keep you from looking like you live by yourself or whatever it might be. Little things like signs. I see signs all the time when I go into businesses because I go into lots of businesses. Smile, you're on camera. Well, when I see them, I never look for the camera because I figure I'm on camera anyway. But those are things that make people wonder: Am I really on camera? Because people are terrified. Criminals today are are terrified with high technology nowadays, that they actually could be pinned back to a crime, because there is such a proliferation of cameras over the last five to ten years. So maybe putting up a "Smile, you on camera" sign. Maybe putting two or three of them around your property or inside the windows of your your property. Smile, you're on camera. That could deter someone. Let's talk about a dog, okay? Having a dog or the sounds of a dog barking inside of a house deter a lot of criminals. That is an absolute fact. That, that can be proven. I, I can find the statistics for you, but people don't always attack people. If they think there's no animal around, they, they will attack and they will come in and try to break into a place a lot more than if they think an animal's around. There's actually a service, believe it or not, that you can get a tape. And it's a revolving tape or it's like a CD that plays dog sounds in your house all the time to let someone know that there's a dog in your house, even though there isn't one. That i actually seen this in the past. And there's a couple other little ways. Like um, make it look like if it's just you living in the house, make it look like there are other people whether it be put two or three sets of uh, shoes right outside the front door, you know, a man's pair of working boots and and another pair of shoes and some kid's shoes. They want to attack places that have no one around or fewer people around. Criminals don't want to break into places that have 18 people in them. They want to break into place with one or two people or hopefully nobody's home so they can make their their quick egress from the situation, get what they want and go on. As you hear what I'm saying now, you're thinking about, well, wow, I could do this right there, or I could do that right there, or I could do this right there. Yeah, yeah. Criminals like to break into places that are going to be easier targets. If they know a lady lives by herself and she's she's late middle-aged or an elderly lady, that's a much easier target than an elderly lady and an elderly man that might have a gun, Okay. That's how criminals think. I spent 20 years working in the prison system. I know how criminals think because I had to be around them every day. And I know when I talked to them, what they told me when they were robbing people, when they were doing things, certain things turned them off. Dogs, multiple people. Just having a sign in your front door that says, owner carries gun, we'll shoot on sight. That deters criminals right there. They go for the easy target. Don't make yourself an easier target. If a sign is all it takes from you being a, being a target or not being one, get a sign tomorrow. Get a sign today, okay? I'm telling you the easy, cheap ways that I know of to deter yourself from being a target. If you're in an apartment or a, any area, urban area, a congested area, whatever it might be. That's just my play on it. I think if you if you're not a victim and you don't look like a victim, your your likelihood of being a victim will be a whole lot less.
0: I I 100% agree with that. And you know, another thing you could throw out there just to, for the appearance aspect is guys Christmas Christmas tree light timers are ridiculously cheap. Adding those in there to make your your plug-in lights kick on and off throughout the evening to make it look like somebody's up and awake. An alert person is something that a lot of these guys don't want to mess with either. They'd rather go in and be quiet when somebody's sleeping. Right. So the idea that someone's up and they could possibly face confrontation is going to be another thing entirely. I, I wish I had more suggestions for people that don't own firearms, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's like the go-to.
1: I agree. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. To me I it is.
0: You know, I, uh, I very rarely do not have a firearm on me. I am always carrying. I sleep with I sleep with one right next to the bed. I, that is how that is what gives me my comfort level of protection. Okay? Right. And I mean even even my wife carries, you know. And and these are things that it's been it's just been ingrained in me over the years. So it's really hard for me to look for alternatives. If you right. if you took my gun tomorrow and told me I couldn't have it, I'd feel naked. Right. No,
1: I'd stay at home.
0: Yeah. I, on. I, I mean, and I'm, and for those of you out there, like all oh, these guys are a bunch of conservative gun nuts, like, no, that's not what it is. Whenever you see how shitty humanity can be, and you see what kind of lowlifes are out there and what kind of scumbags truly exist on this planet, once you see the dark side of humanity, it's hard to unsee it. And you want to sure. do what you can to protect yourself. And sadly, a firearm is the best tool for the job.
1: Jester, my wife and I have a. We have a pretty good relationship, and I I don't require much of her. She doesn't require much of me. But do one thing, she has her requirements, and I have mine, and they're very small and few. But one of mine is that she never, ever, ever, ever leave our home without her firearm, period. Now, that's one that's in stone. And she is a Second Amendment lover, just like I am. And as time has gone on, she saw a couple instances where she had her firearm with her and one, it saved her. And in the other situation, it could have saved her. She became 100 percent bought in on that. Yeah, I need to carry my firearm at all times if you see ab- jester's right if you see how dirty and how awful humanity can be and i saw it for 20 years that's not having to do with anything the my outside the world life i'm talking just the 20 years i spent working in prison you will you will understand where we're coming from with these things their humanity is nasty and there's a lot of nasty things every day if you can keep that from happening to you and you have an alternative please do and if you're someone that doesn't like guns Okay, and you're not saying you have to carry one with you all the time. Buy yourself a firearm, protect yourself, and have it for that last-ditch effort if something happens. Maybe you just become proficient on it, and you put it away in your nightstand. You don't carry it with you every place, but you have it there in your home. That's better than nothing. I'm I'm not a gun nut. I'm just someone that believes in (laughs) self-protection. Jester is too. And exactly. and I'm not. I'm just trying to appeal to those that that well, guns are cruel, or, or or I don't want to shoot anybody. I don't want to shoot anybody either. Uncommon to popular belief where they say people that carry guns want to shoot somebody. I never want to shoot anybody. I don't ever care about shooting anybody. But the point is, is if it become a necessity for my life, I would do what I had to do. Please consider oh, ab- that, absolutely,
0: please. absolutely. Um. And we are coming up on time from here. So, Ad, Al, if you got anything you want to add into this apartment, like any anything else, before we close out,
1: my bi- my biggest thing is 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 an ounce of prevention is worth a whole buttload of afterthought. Take the time that you have, look at what you have in front of you, what your situation is, make good choices, and try to keep yourself from becoming a victim. And then you don't have to worry about the after effects of being a victim. That's my that's my whole take on it. Just think about the situation you're in, make the best plot and plan that you can and be a good prepper, and then also be a good prepper for those people around you.
0: Oh, absolutely, 100%. Guys, you have time right now to go and assess these things before disaster hits, okay? Making these assessments now is a great, great thing to do, all right? Um, And with that being said, guys, uh, the email, it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you could find me on TikTok at its doomsday podcast two point You could find Al on TikTok at big underscore daddy underscore prep. And you could find us on Clapper with the same names. And if you guys aren't checking out Live or Al's daily live morning news show, you need to be checking that out. Al, you want to throw the time out there again for everybody? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Five o'clock AM Central Standard Time right on pod it's doomsday podcast uh I, i've been calling it am doom with big daddy al so please come in you'll hear the news mainstream media doesn't care about you here okay
0: exactly 100 and then uh i want to thank everybody uh all our listeners you guys have been extremely interactive lately about topics you want to hear and giving us feedback on the show it is greatly appreciated um so we have a, uh, we have a bunch of topics we have to get to within the next few months here. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hey, they're they stacking up, man. They're stacking up.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'd rather the, cu- the customer, I say the customer, the, the listener, yes, the, the, the customer, too. the listener, tell us the topic they want to hear. Then let's try to figure it out. It's easier that way.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we got a list of stuff, guys. It's going to be coming at you very soon, which is awesome because I figured at some point we'd run out of shit to talk about. And you guys just keep giving us more. It's fantastic. It's awesome. It's good. That's cool. All right. So, uh, you know, everybody else, have a good rest of the week, and you will see us back here next Monday morning. Have a good week, everybody.
1: Bye-bye. This